I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome in, everybody, to the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. This is Buck back in action in NYC. Still a little raspy, but... Okay, and COVID cleared, thank God. So that was good news. Clay Travis out there in Nashville, Tennessee. His voice quite healthy. He's good to go. I'm behind enemy lines in the increasingly authoritarian looting of New York City. And we're, we're going to break that down for you today. It's everything that we've said, everything that we've talked about for months, it is coming to pass in New York City I mean, I'm so sick of being right, Clay. I gotta be honest. I, I actually wanted to be wrong this time. I'm not just saying it. New York, the strictest COVID regimen in the country, going beyond anything anywhere else, really outside of like Australia and a hand, maybe China, a handful of countries stricter than anything anywhere in the Western world. Um, we'll break that down for you. Plus, Chris Cuomo got fired from CNN over the weekend. He was on suspension. I thought, as many other, I'm not good at calling, uh, calling Cuomo Futures, by the way, here. I got to tell you, I, I thought that they would bring him back. So did Brian Stelter. They thought that he'd, he thought he'd come back in January, but no. Uh, we'll talk about what's really going on there, because there is a big story. It's not about, ha-ha, someone got fired. There's a bigger story there. Why does it matter that the brothers Cuomo have been brought so very low? And then Kamala Harris, another just... Great reading over the weekend, believe it or not, the Washington Post about how she is a basically a horrible tyrant who doesn't do her homework and yells at people. What a shock. So we'll get into all of that with you. And I'm so thankful to be at least healthy enough to be back with all of you today and be able to talk to you across the country. So let's get to it. Clay, I I woke up this morning to the news. I knew it was probably coming. And if someone went back and looked at the transcript of this show, I think I've even used the term preemptive covid measures. Right. That's what I've said. They're going to get try to get ahead of it. Right. At least in New York and then Los Angeles, San Francisco, the the lib, uh, you know, the lib major cities falling like dominoes. But New York, more extreme than anywhere else. Here's de Blasio announcing there will be mandatory boosters for everyone who wants to go to a public place. 
mandatory shots for 5 to 11-year-olds who wants to go to a public place uh, indoors, and perhaps most problematic, a private sector vaccine mandate for literally every single business in New York. We in New York City have decided to use a preemptive strike to really do something bold to stop the further growth of COVID and the dangers it's causing to all of us. So as of today, we're going to announce a first in the nation measure. Our health commissioner will announce a vaccine mandate for private sector employers across the board. All private sector employers in New York City will be covered by this vaccine mandate as of December 27th. Clay, this is madness. I don't know how anybody is going to live in New York City if you have any kind of COVID sense of normalcy. I also, this is a big picture question. There are so few occupied hotel rooms right now. Because so many people like me who might otherwise contemplate taking a vacation to New York City, go see the play, take the kids running around in Central Park. I've made that trip. A lot of people who are listening to us have as well. If that is now going to require me to take my five-year-old to get the COVID vaccine so we can go to a museum, so I can take him to mcdonald's when i'm walking around in Times square and he wants some chicken mcnuggets this is madness and it is the exact opposite of how to get your city back up and running and buck i use this as an easy example before they even had the kid mandate my wife and i are going to get away for a few days right before christmas been on the road all fall going to get away with her for a few days we decided new york city or florida florida was the easy call because there's freedom in Florida. And so I can't imagine that all these hedge fund guys and all the private equity, why in the world would you keep your kids in New York City when you could move to Florida, Texas, Tennessee, three states that don't have state income taxes at all, work remotely? What's the benefit of being in New York? I think people also don't realize that it takes, when I say people, the ones making these decisions, you know, it took de Blasio time to put New York on this trajectory into the side of a mountain, right? It doesn't yes. happen all at once. And, you know, this is the old joke about how you go, I mean, how'd you go bankrupt uh, slowly, then suddenly? New York, people keep saying it's back, it's back. And by the way, can we just say, use New York as a stand-in for any major city in a blue state. So our Houston friends, for example, they're in a much better spot. Blue controlled city, but because the state of Texas is, you know, the home of Houston, they're in better shape. But Los Angeles, San Diego, Denver, I mean, you go down the list, all these different cities that are not Flo not in Florida, not in Texas, they're going to be going through different levels of this madness, but in New York and, and San Francisco's case specifically, it takes a while for people, even when they've made the decision, to uproot, change their job, or move their job, relocate, do these things. And people that were close to it before, and I'm speaking from some personal feeling here, this time around, maybe like that said, I can't, I can't do this anymore. I can't live point. in a place where I'm surrounded by people, Clyde. If you look in the, the Twitter thread below de Blasio's tweet announcing this, I mean, there are people all are of these people it. who are saying, oh, I'm so thankful. I've, I won't go to a restaurant until at least a few weeks after the mandate is in effect, because then I'll be triple boot, you know, I'll be triple shotted and I'll be safe. And I look at the photo. I'm like, this person must be about 30. They're out of their minds.
And I don't look, de Blasio is out of office soon. So one of the first decisions Eric Adams is going to have to have is does he reinforce these regulations or because he appears to be somewhat more sane, is he going to say, you know what, I'm not going to require five-year-olds to have a vax card to go to McDonald's. I don't want to restrict kids' ability to go to a movie or go to the museum with their parents during the holidays. Buck, in theory, how crazy is this? You can't go see Santa Claus if you're a five-year-old in New York City? Can, can, can I give you? Can I just give you some? Clay, it's completely insane. I mean, I actually woke up this morning furious when I, I mean I read yeah, about this. I would and imagine it, it's so. destroying my hometown. I mean, imagine if I know that Nashville is a lib city, but there's enough red there that I can't get so crazy. The problem with New York, and this is whatever us understand. Okay, yeah, Florida might be. You know, it was it was close to having a really awful governor in Gillum, but about fifty percent of the state is red, so there's a limit to in New York. There's a check. You, you know, yeah, there's some check on it. If they go too crazy in New York City, it's eight to one Democrat to Republican, maybe seven to one. And so they can be as loony as they want in the city and they get away with it. Same in L.A., same in San Diego, I assume, is probably pretty close. My friend Joe Borelli, who's on the city council here, I know very, very well. Great guy. Probably see him on Fox News sometimes. He tweeted out right before we came on air. Just give folks a sense of this for the real implications of this policy in the Bronx which is a, a borough of New York City folks that is heavily minority, um, certainly a solid majority minority, maybe even something like 70 or 80 percent. Um, although I don't know that number. I know it's majority. I don't know the number. I'm just guessing. But in the Bronx, with a 15 percent unemployment rate, 28 percent of residents will no longer be eligible to work on December 27th, including 44 percent of black young adults because of de Blasio's vaccine mandate. So they're just going to fire. They're going to fire everybody. They're going to fire all these young minorities who are showing up, getting a paycheck, doing a job. That's really the plan. But you know what, Clay? Look what they did to people at the hospitals. Look what they've done to people at the airlines. You know, they they will fire them, I guess. This is where people need to get lawsuits filed in a hurry, because you could potentially get an injunction to take you through the first of the year when de Blasio is no longer the mayor. And if Eric Adams were smart, he would go ahead and quietly do away with these rules, citing all of the legal challenges that are in play. And or if you end up with uh, the injunctions, it could take months to get a final result. And hopefully by then you're into the spring and sanity is starting to govern again, because as we've talked about, there is a seasonality associated with COVID, much like cold and flu. As it gets warmer all over the United States, the number of COVID cases will decline, except in the super hot parts of the country, because that's when everybody goes inside and uses and, their uh, air conditioning. And here's why I want people to to pay attention to this from the rest of the country, because I, I can hear I can hear our friends listening in Florida, in Texas, in Nebraska, in the Dakotas, you know, in Idaho, wherever, I, you know, all the red states all across the country. I can hear them saying, yeah, just get out, get out of the blue states. Here's the problem, folks. The notion of preemptive COVID measures, which has been lingering in the background all along, is a huge step toward forever lockdown, forever COVID mitigation. Because it's not a question of even where the numbers are. It's for a disease that we know, Clay, you just said it's seasonal, right? It's endemic. Yes. It's out there. It's going to keep spreading. Well, if you have to get ahead 
of really bad COVID numbers, you have a built-in justification for forcing this every year because, oh my God, if we don't do it, COVID will come back. That's what people have to see in this. That's so, And you don't think the federal government, the Biden administration, sees it that way? Trust me, they do. Well, what needs to happen is there needs to be a revolt in New York City. Even if it's seven to one, that one needs to rise up and start to protest against these regulations. Like Buck, to be fair, we've seen all over Europe. Our media doesn't give a lot of coverage to it. But as they have instituted draconian lockdowns in Austria, in Germany, uh, in England, there have been massive collections of people out in the streets revolting against it. I think what happens is, to your point, we're divided quite a bit by red and blue. And so people like me who live in Tennessee or if you live in Texas or Florida or any of the red states, you have a degree of protection in terms of what your governor is going to allow, even if your mayor might be a Democrat. Whereas people don't feel the need to speak out here because honestly, the world's not any different really for people who live in Tennessee. The only time I know that there's COVID is when I go to the airport. Otherwise, everything's 100% normal. And so I think that's the question. We need people in blue cities and blue states to finally say enough. And a lot of you also need to say enough about cell phone cost. Rush loved sharing iPhones at holiday time. He knew what a special gift they were. Well, Pure Talk Cellular isn't giving them away, but they're sure lowering the price on them for this audience. You can buy an iPhone 12 starting at just $479 from Pure Talk. And yes, they have the 13s too. When you switch your cell service to Pure Talk from Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile, you're saving money every month. That's $50 or $60 or more every single month. You still get nationwide 5g coverage the same coverage as the big guys in fact on the same towers as one of the big guys but for far less money pure talk lowering prices on cell service 30-day risk-free guarantee my own 13 year old has it unlimited talk text six gigs of data just 30 dollars a month buck how do you get hooked up from your cell phone dial pound 250 and say pure talk you'll save an additional 50 percent off your first month plus save on a new phone that's pound two five zero. Say pure talk. Some restrictions apply. Call for details. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the juicy. podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. 
Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a big surprise for a lot of people. Uh, Jim, I didn't expect to be on with you this evening talking about this breaking news. What we didn't know until tonight, Jim, is that an outside law firm also came in and that the law firm went through the thousands of pages of text messages and sworn testimony that was released back on Monday. So there was clearly something in those documents that was found to be a serious breach of standards and practices. Now, there is one part of the statement, Jim, that we don't know anything about. Uh, just to be completely transparent with the audience, it says there's additional information that right. also came to light sometime this week. We don't know what that is. I've, I've asked. There's no answers coming on what that could be. Welcome back to the Clay and Buck Show. Chris Cuomo fired from CNN over the weekend, which we wanted to discuss with you now because this was, uh, was a surprise to me because he's tight with Zucker and Zucker runs that place with a tiny iron fist. Um, I believe I believe Tucker calls him the dwarf king of CNN, <laughs> which is pretty funny. Um, so he is he's over there at CNN, or I'm sure, I should say Chris Cuomo is no longer over there at CNN um, because, well, we don't know exactly why. Um, there were allegations of sexual misconduct, according to the New York Times here as well, that came to light. So some kind of harassment. Uh, is also now a part of this, which now that's the, the part of it. If it were just the helping his brother, I think it's likely that they would have put him on the Tubin protocol, which I always then have to explain means you are suspended and then brought back. It does not mean anything else, everybody. I just don't know what else to call it, like the Tubin maneuver. That sounds even worse. But they brought him back. And Clay, they're saying it's sexual harassment allegations here. We don't know much more about it. But can I just remind everybody, the bros Cuomo were the great COVID pandemic heroes of CNN. After Fauci, they were the next ones on the list. Andrew Cuomo got a made-up Emmy Award, which I think is going to go in the litany of Hollywood stupidity. Andrew Cuomo getting a made-up Emmy Award for his communication skills during COVID is one of the moments, I think, when people look back and read the history of the COVID era, they're going to be just laughing at the absurdity of it all. But Andrew Cuomo and Chris Cuomo, Chris Cuomo is the highest-rated person on CNN. So big picture here, like leaving aside Chris Cuomo, CNN needed Donald Trump more than any television network needed Donald Trump. Remember, there were fears that Fox News would fall off without Trump. No, 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 no. CNN 
is the one that has borne the brunt of the Trump administration being no more. And Chris Cuomo was the remaining highest rated of their anchors. And I just don't know, as you look at the fall from Andrew Cuomo and now the fall from Chris Cuomo, I don't know what Chris Cuomo ends up doing. I'm betting he's going to do a podcast or something. Well, he's got a a serious radio show. I believe he's actually technically up against us on the radio. Well, I'm sure we're kicking his ass. I I, I didn't even know that he had a radio show until I saw the story that he had commented on his suspension on his radio show. I just I don't know what CNN does. I mean, first of all, they've got to find a minority woman to replace him. Those are the rules. Maybe Kamala Harris instead yeah, of getting the Supreme they, you know, Court job. They got rid maybe of Soledad O'Brien. Maybe they bring her back. There's some <laughs> names out there. Uh, maybe they'll give Joy Reid $80 billion a year to come host a show at so CNN she can, that wait, nobody watches. You mean they would bring in Joy Reid, give her a national platform, and shower millions of dollars on her so that she can tell the country how racist and awful we are every day? That sounds like right up CNN's alley. They'll pay her more than MSNBC did to already do the exact same show that nobody watches. I don't know what their solution is. They might bring your buddy Jake Tapper in. But to me, the reason they let him go is because his talent, this is my big theory, it always applies well in sports. His problems exceeded his talents. As long as your talent exceeds your problems, in any point in life, if you're the best roofer out there, uh, but you've got an issue with, let's say, insubordination sometimes, but you do an incredible job as a roofer, you'll be employed. If you are a wide receiver out there, but every now and then you get popped for smoking weed, but you are impossible to cover on the deep ball, you'll be employed CNN finally decided, Buck, that Chris Cuomo's problems, and I think you're right, it was the conjunction of covering for his brother and then also doing it in a public way when the New York Attorney General report came out from Letitia James, and then the sexual harassment on top of that, I think he would have been able to survive one or the other. I mean, look at Don Lemon. They're pretty, uh, pretty sub- substantive sexual harassment allegations. He's actually accused of sexual assault, right? Yes, I mean, even a level out beyond. against him. Uh, that that have still allowed him to be employed. I think you can have one or the other, but you can't have both. You know, there's also a part of me. I, I got so many feelings about this one because of the the story that it really tells the country about CNN, its coverage of the pandemic, and just the way that that it what used to be the kind of storied original cable news network has turned into a trash heap of leftist garbage. Um, you know, See, Trump the broke Cuomo's, them. Yeah, tr- Trump completely psychologically broke them. That's for, and I, I actually witnessed it, and I left. You I were left there CNN. To see the beginning of it. I left CNN before I had a syndicated radio deal. I left CNN. Clay, I had. I mean, this is kind of not to make this a big personal story. I basically had no income guaranteed. CNN's like, we're going to pay you to be a you know political analyst for us if you. This would be for the third year, and I said no. <laughs> I was like, these people are out of their minds. I would rather have no money. I'd rather go work some job that I like. I used to have a different job. I'd go work a job. Anyway, CNN completely lost its mind as a network. But the Cuomo brothers, you have to at some level feel like, of course they got sloppy. Of course they were arrogant. Look at what they were able to get away with leading up to this. Andrew Cuomo, as governor of New York, not only decided by a completely unnecessary executive order to shove COVID-positive seniors back into nursing homes to infect other seniors who are were dying at unprecedented the rates across the country. The single worst Wait, decision on, by any elected official in all of the COVID era. He, he did that, and then he covered it up, and then he lied additionally about it. And he got paid $5 million dollars and, for it, and he, and he was a hero. And he wasn't even held accountable for that. It was because he said, you know... 
hey there, sweet dang, and grab the lady in the tummy area or like, you know, but which, by the way, not okay. But it's not sending people to die in nursing homes like an idiot when you're the governor of New York during a crisis. I do think that's worse. That's not what he's being fired. That's not what Chris Cuomo is accused of helping him cover up. It's amazing to think about it. He, he The Me Too component is so much bigger, is so much more problematic for the left than sending people's grandparents into precarious situations to die. It, it, it is unbelievable. When you look back on it in retrospect, and I think this will be the way that the story is told, that Cuomo, who got the honorary Emmy for all of his communication skills, made the worst decision, certainly I think of an elected official in the 21st century as it pertains to elderly COVID-infected people being sent back into nursing homes, which, by the way, we should mention, Buck, you remember the reason why that happened was because the forecast of all these hospitals being overloaded convinced Andrew Cuomo that they were going to have to turn away so many people who needed help that they needed, he thought, to take advantage of all the beds. Remember, we had the the the, the Navy boat that came up. We turned the whole convention center into a hospital. Almost none of those were ever used at all. And in retrospect, he didn't need to be evicting these COVID-positive patients and sending them back to nursing homes, but he bought into the worst possible calculations out there, which is how this all occurred. We were going to need a million ventilators. I remember the speeches he was giving about a mi- Clay, a million ventilators? And we built them. And, I mean, it's, it's insane, the stuff that was going on back then. And they gave him a $5 million book deal. They turned these two. I mean, Cuomo was essentially, Chris Cuomo, after sort of, you know, the bros, yes. Fredo, was essentially, which people only call him that because he's such a baby about it. It's not even, you know what I mean? Who gets, what right. adult gets mad about being called Fredo? My name is Buck. You can imagine <laughs> what I get called by people. <laughs> oh, you know what it rhymes with? Anyway. Yeah. Um, but he, he was the state media arm during a pandemic of his brother's regime at CNN. That wasn't what embarrassed them. What embarrassed them was the was the uh, the sexual harassment situation, right? It, it, what, what embarrassed them wasn't the thing that actually affected millions of people. I mean, it's because CNN has no credibility, and like I said, and it's, it's because Me Too. Ultimately, they built it up to such an extent with Kavanaugh that they feel compelled to justify it, even when, regardless, Democrat, Republican, Independent, the standard <laughs> should be when somebody accuses you of inappropriate behavior, you get the opportunity to defend yourself. We're still having to deal with the fact that many people in this country don't believe that. They believe if you're named as an uh, as an accused, if you are named as a guilty party, that you are guilty. Perfect gift for a family for the holidays. Without question, it's a gift only Legacy Box provides. Legacy Box, easiest and safest way to reclaim all the priceless footage you haven't seen in years. I'm talking about hours of home videos, Super 8 films, maybe some slides that everyone would like to see again. The memories, the smiles, the family speeches and toast, the laughter of kids, all there waiting to be unlocked. Have Legacy Box send you one of their specially made boxes. Send it back filled with aging VHS tapes, camcorder tapes. Film reels and pictures. Their team professionally digitizes everything by hand at their 110,000 square foot production campus in Chattanooga. I drove past it, Buck, on my way to and from Atlanta for the SEC championship game. Thought about how good these guys are getting you back all their memories now on a computer file, on a thumb drive, on DVDs of your choice. Get hooked up in time for the holidays and make your family make their memories last forever. Buck, how do you get hooked up? With Christmas just around the corner, there's still time to buy the best Christmas gift ever from Legacy Box. Visit LegacyBox.com slash Buck. That's LegacyBox.com slash Buck for a special holiday offer. Again, 
LegacyBox.com slash Buck. Welcome back in. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. I hope all of you are having fantastic Mondays wherever you are across this great country or this great land. A lot going on. A lot of you with different holiday-related gatherings, shopping seasons, so many details to be on top of. A lot of you going to be on the road. Uh, I want to encourage you to go subscribe to the Clay and Buck podcast, as we know many of you will be out and about with your family and your friends. Maybe, just maybe you're in mixed company. Maybe you need a little bit of sanity because you're having to hear your crazy left-wing COVID-obsessed family and you just can't take it, maybe you can come listen to us. We'll be there for you to hang out with all the way up to Christmas Eve. Uh, And then we're going to have, we'll be out for a week. But all that, we want to set a new record in December and encourage all of you to go download, subscribe to the podcast. Bit of news here. The stock market, Buck, we were just talking about this off the air, has been wildly, wildly reactive to the Omicron threat, as it were, and what exactly was going to be the impact, dropped a 1,000 points in the immediate aftermath of the reports from South Africa. Well, Buck, right now the stock market is up 700, the Dow is up 723 points right now. That's up over 2%. So for some of you who may have been looking over the last week and noticing that the Dow had made a substantial decline as the threat was out there about what exactly might be taking place uh, as it pertains to Omicron. Dow is up 2% right now, and we have got the S&P 500 up just shy of 1.5%. So it seems that the fear that has been out there associated with this newest COVID variant is starting to get dialed back at least a bit in terms of the financial world. Again, the stock market took a real beating last week and on the Friday after Thanksgiving associated with Omicron. We're a couple of weeks in now. People seem to be calming down a bit. Uh, also want to mention, I saw this story, Buck. We're going to talk about Kamala Harris uh, and her collapse. Did you see this story? Over the weekend, the last member of E-Company uh, from the Band of Brothers group, 99 years old, I believe that he was. For those of you who read that fantastic book, One of the most remarkable stories about the Band of Brothers in World War II. Buck, the first time those guys had ever been in an airplane, we're talking about kids who had grown up 17, 18 years old, farms, rural areas, as they are training in Georgia. The Band of Brothers group, E-Company, that would be a part of the 101st Airborne. The first time most of them ever got on an airplane, Buck, they parachuted out of it. Can you, I mean, when I've read that story, because it's such a fantastic book, Band of Brothers, and obviously I know a lot of you watch the H- HBO uh, miniseries as well. Can you imagine the sheer testicular fortitude from those guys? Think about however you, old you are. The first time you ever got on an airplane, how scared, how nervous you were. The first time those guys ever got on an airplane, Buck, they went up in the air and they jumped out with parachutes. I mean, that's just different level of bravery, man. It is. It is. I will tell you, the first time I ever got into a helicopter, Clay, it was a Blackhawk with a couple of 240 Gulfs on it that they actually had ready to roll because we were in a war zone. 
So that was my first ever helicopter. That's experience. pretty scary too. <laughs> that was uh, that was interesting. I gotta say, and it wasn't it wasn't a one off. There was a lot of that going on. Blackhawks, Chinooks, all kinds of stuff. But I will say, you were thankful to be in the air because at least then you didn't have to worry about the IEDs on the ground. Which, when I was in Humvees and other things, that was always a much more uh, that was more concerning in the immediate sense. Although when you're up in a helo. And there are guys who are all armed up. You uh, you just hope that it's a good day's flight. That much I can tell you. You know, my uh, my uncle, who served in Vietnam, he was in Vietnam, and he was in charge of helicopter repair when you mentioned that. And do you know what the number one responsibility of helicopter repair was? They had to be the first guys to go up after they fixed the helicopter. So they, you know, it, it, the, that's really a fascinating. Yeah. I don't know if they I, still have that same rule in place. I, I think door gunners and see the problem whenever I say anything about military history with this yeah. audience is I know that if it's off, it'll somebody be will immediately blow you right up and away. Say, no, they'll no, blow no, the no. way. Yeah. I mean, like you, you try to sneak in like the wrong figure for you know German casualties in a battle in World War II. I'm going to get three angry emails, yes. but. I think door gunners in Vietnam were among the highest casualty percentage, you know, as per capita yes. occupations. Those helicopters were just magnets for uh, for enemy fire. Well, and I just always thought that was so interesting that the way that they made sure that they did the absolute best maintenance job repairing yeah. those those well, things getting blown up he, was the first people to go up in them after they got fixed were the crews that were working on helo maintenance is critical. It was one of the big problems. With uh, with when we were pulling out of Afghanistan, the moment you took out U.S. contractors who weren't the, the Afghans aren't going to be able to keep those helos in the sky. Everyone knows it. There's no way they're going to be able to keep the Blackhawks and other things. And now, of course, the Taliban. <laughs> we'll see if they're able to keep them yeah, in the air okay. too. I mean, they'll be cannibalizing parts within you know six months, and they won't know what to do. Um, but yeah, man, it's uh, Band, Band of Brothers. A great series, by the way. I mean, That's the Pacific so is great. HBO for all of its woke madness has done some pretty fantastic stuff too. So thanks to that generation, Bob Dole, obviously, we should mention Bob Dole as well. Uh, one of that greatest generation also just in terms of a sheer resume, one of the greatest uh, accomplishments, true American hero out of Kansas. Bob Dole, also of that generation, uh, dying over the weekend. I mean, just a legendary man yeah. in so many different a, a respects. Great, a great hero. Worth remembering that the you know Democrat media made him seem like he was, you know, some kind of uh, wooden... Oh, he was too old. He was too old for the oh, job. Oh, yeah, I remember. Grinning yeah. full of you-know-what Biden is fine for the job, but actual American hero Bob Dole? Oh, no. You know, let's let's have that... I mean, I, don't even, I can't even use the words on radio for him. That fellow Bill Clinton. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Unbelievable. So, uh, now, the opposite of Bob Dole, in many respects, Kamala Harris... Uh, it's a, a, an incredible transition there. So, Buck, we talked about when CNN went full attack mode on Kamala Harris. What's that probably been a month or so ago that that story came out at CNN, which eviscerated her? I mean, I, I don't know if it's attack mode. I think it's, it's a, as much of an attack mode as you can get. What's what I'm kind of going with with CNN and now the Washington Post both coming out and saying things that aren't particularly surprising to anyone who has followed Kamala Harris very closely. She's not particularly likable. She's not a very good person to work so with. So you go Kamala. She's not very skilled. I've been told Kamala, but what I've also heard she has said it both ways, which I is... Just, I mean, it's, it's a it's fully amazing. inauthentic version of... Now, that we talked about last week, Buck, that there were rumors and whispers in the White House 
that they were going to try to put Harris in the Supreme Court because, of course, Joe Biden has promised to put a black woman on the Supreme Court. They can't get Breyer to agree to step down right now. And frankly, if he doesn't step down in the really short term, I'm not sure that the Democrats are going to be able to get anybody seated on the Supreme Court anyway. But this is just a sign of how bad it's going for her right now in the White House. Can I just so to to put this into context for everybody, I think, you know, because Clay and I. We're not Kamala fans. I think you've figured that out, right? We're not. We're definitely not Team Kamala here, even even among Democrats. I don't even she's, think anybody's Team Kamala. Well, that's the point. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's that's There's exactly. Not a single I was going to say to put this in the context. Even Democrats are like, well, I'm not on Team Kamala either. To include people who work for her, and this is the truly amazing line from the piece in the Washington Post, because this really, for a lot of people summarizes the current vice president. This is the quote, folks. I'm reading to you from the Washington Post. It's clear that you're not working with somebody who is willing to do the prep and the work, said one former staffer for Kamala Harris. With Kamala, you have to put up with a constant amount of soul-destroying criticism and also her own lack of confidence. So you're constantly sort of propping up a bully and it's not clear why. End quote. That is, that is like devastating. The most because everyone reads that and goes, "Yeah, I can kind of, I can kind of see that." Because this is somebody who, so much of what she would do is ceremonial. It's about the optics, right? I mean, the vice president is like a glorified, you know, ribbon cutting ceremony role a lot of the time. I mean, because we have a fifty-fifty Senate, it's a little different right now, but a lot of the time. And it's messaging, right, Clay? It's coordinating. It's doing things behind the scenes. She can't even manage to do that without becoming about as popular as a parking ticket. It's amazing. Well, her presidential campaign was an abject failure. She dropped out before real votes were even cast, and she was polling less than 1% in many of the different jurisdictions in which she was hoping to be able to win the primaries. And so... I don't know how the Democrats rid themselves of Kamala, right? Let me explain what I mean by that. If she is not the nominee, because she is black, because she is a woman, then it will be racist and sexist. Either, Buck, and this is maybe where Stacey Abrams comes in, either they need to find a new black woman who is potentially more electable, and maybe that's Stacey Abrams. I don't know. I think Stacey Abrams, frankly, is going to lose the Georgia I was going to say, she's done a great job as the fake governor of Georgia because she has right. no responsibility. The difference there. is Harris at least managed to get herself elected to the Senate, so she has a office from which to, uh, to be able to be promoted to the next level. Buck, I don't understand, and I continue to come back to this, that's why I th- I'm starting to think they may try and drag Joe Biden across the finish line yes. again. It's going to be because Biden. he's the only way that they avoid having to coronate her. I'm going to have to funnel some money to crushed. you so we can play some uh, of those overseas political bets or whatever, Clay. Because I-, I would put I would put money down. Just kidding. I don't know if that's legal or not, but whatever. Um, <laughs> it is overseas. I- there we go. There we go. Because um, I would put money down. They're going to run Joe Biden again, guys. They'll run Joe Biden again. Mark my words. Okay. 82 year old Joe Biden. They will run Joe Biden again. If they have, you said push him over, if they have to literally wheel him back into the position to be, you know, I don't know if they do another, you know, whatever the ceremony will be for his second term, but whatever it may be, if they have to wheel him with three blankets across his knees and a little straw where he's getting applesauce, they don't care. 
They don't care. They will push Joe Biden forward because they want the apparatus of Democrat power to be where it is. They, they don't want to take any risk here. So the notion of replacing, I don't think they have the imagination to replace Joe Biden or, or the fortitude of the intestines to replace Joe Biden with Kamala. Look at who their candidate was. They had a very diverse field in the primary. They no none of the diverse candidates within the Democrat Party. I mean, not including uh, you know Elizabeth. Sorry, that actually I just stumbled into that. Not including Elizabeth Warren. None of the diverse candidates yes. came close. Here is the interesting question. We probably talk about this when we come back for the next segment. Would Trump be able to win by running a Joe Biden? This I know he's not going to do it. But just an idea for everybody as we go to break here. Could Trump win in 2024 by just running the equivalent of a Joe Biden campaign and staying at Mar-a-Lago? Because now the story is Joe Biden. Biden was able to run and say, oh, Trump, everything he did was so bad. Trump's awful. He can't solve COVID. Could Trump just basically run a low-key campaign? I know it doesn't have anything to do I don't think so because he doesn't have, first of all, He's off all social media. And second yeah. of all, which he had in 2016 and was kind of a secret weapon for him. And second of all, he doesn't have 90% of the media talking about how great he is all day to do all of his work for him. But I think Joe Biden is so bad that Biden is now the story. It's not Trump. It's how bad Biden is. And that's what Biden tried to do in 20. But it is an interesting point. Trump won't do it. But I wonder on some level whether being off social media is helping him because the people who are antagonized by his mean tweets, whoever they are, are not seeing them all the time. Mike Lindell, he's the inventor of my pillow. His team fit us for our pillows and introduced us to their ever-growing list of incredible products. You can trust Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. Pillows won't go flat. Wash and dry them constantly. And most important, they are made in the good old USA. And right now, for a limited time, Mike is offering his my pillows, the product that started it all, for the lowest price ever, you can get a my pillow for nineteen ninety eight. Originally sixty nine ninety eight. That's a fifty dollars savings with the promo code Clay and Buck. And they're also extending their money back guarantee until March first, meaning there is absolutely no risk. How do you get hooked up? Go to mypillow.com, click on radio listener specials, enter promo code Clay and Buck to make sure you get the best possible deal. Again, that's website mypillow.com. Click on radio listener specials and enter promo code Clay and Buck. Or if you just want to call, you can do that too. 800 792 3269. That's 800 792 3269 for these great radio specials. There you'll find not only this amazing offer, but rotating discounts on 150 plus MyPillow products from the Giza Dream bed sheets to the mattress topper, slippers, and more. Jack Armstrong, he's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television 
today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's reality podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of us. We're figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, it it would have been been juicy. It would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Joined now by Dr. Marty McCari, who is at Johns Hopkins University. He has been with us quite a bit. Uh, he is a professor there. He is the author of The Price We Pay, What Broke American Healthcare. It's been out a few months now. Uh, Dr. McCari, appreciate you joining us. And I want to dive right in. News of the day, Bill de Blasio, New York City, mandating vaccines for 5 to 11-year-olds effectively and able to, to go do anything in the city, to go to a museum, go see Santa Claus, go to a McDonald's. Does this make any sense at all based on your knowledge of the data surrounding COVID at this point in time? Well, I think it's going to result in unintended harm because when you vaccinate somebody who already has natural immunity, you expose them to the risk of myocarditis and other complications and those are very rare but in young men and boys it's one in seven thousand kids so that it's tragic look I, we want to encourage vaccination but when you do these rigid mandates everybody freezes in their thoughts and nobody's going to be more likely to get it because they're forced to my kids uh both my wife and i have had covid we've recovered from it we believe our kids have as well though we haven't gotten them officially antibody tested if you know your kids have had COVID and they're young in that 5 to 11 range, would you be advising people to get their kids vaccinated? I think the answer is no, but I just want to ask you specifically on it. Well, the science is actually pretty clear on this, because if you look at the Pfizer vaccine trial, they say that nobody who had the infection in the past tested positive in the study. And there's no scientific evidence to support vaccinating people who are already immune. And that kind of indiscriminate vaccination policy just comes from this attempt to have streamlined messaging from the public health officials. It's good for their marketing departments, makes their job easy. It's just not medically precise. Dr. McCary, it's Buck. Um, uh, getting over a cold, not COVID, thankfully, but I already had COVID. So did Clay. Uh, I have a test proving that I had COVID. And now I'm being told in New York City, starting in a couple of weeks, that one shot is not enough. 
we need boosters in New York to go to our jobs. It's not even just for uh, public accommodations anymore. De Blasio announced a private sector mandate for all businesses. I just want to know, we also have CDC Director Walensky saying the disease is now endemic. So why aren't they just being straight with the public that uh, given these realities, we are now expected to have a, uh, there'll be essentially a, a COVID apparatus like this for years to come, perhaps for decades to come. I mean, if this disease continues to flow and we need to get continuous boosters to top us off or whatever they call it, why do we think this ever goes away? Well, there's the absolute worst of medical paternalism that's coming out right now with no evidence to support boosters in young people. They're making these blanket recommendations using the Omicron fear to push the boosters. Now, the irony is a young person doesn't even need to get vaccinated if they have natural immunity. And now you're telling them not only do they need two doses, they need a booster. Look, I believe mammograms save lives for women over age 50. That doesn't mean I recommend mammograms for men and women and children. So we have this indiscriminate booster mentality that flies in the face of what the experts voted on just two months ago. Remember, the FDA experts voted down boosters for everybody by a 16 to 2 vote. So then the FDA decided we're going to make another run at this and and push it again internally, and we're not going to convene our experts. We'll circumvent them. And that's where we get this boosters for all recommendation. It's madness. It is crazy. Uh, Dr. McCarr, I appreciate you joining us again. Johns Hopkins encourage you to check out his book as well. What do we know? What is the latest on Omicron? I know everybody out there has been terrified. The media has done its best to convince everyone that it is an existential threat to all of us. What is the latest data that you've been able to see, Dr. McCarry, and how would you suggest people adjust their behavior, if at all, based on its arrival in the United States? I'm not concerned about Omicron. I'm a little hopeful that it's less dangerous. If it is more contagious and less dangerous, that's actually good for the world, given the alternative of Delta. So I don't think we should do anything different because of Omicron. Now, it is important to note that early data is suggesting two findings. One is that it's there's no severe cases so far, so it may be more mild. And the other data point is that you may be more likely to get a breakthrough infection with Omicron than with prior variants. But those are mild common cold-like illnesses. It may be two and a half times more likely to happen that is a breakthrough infection with Omicron than prior strains. Remember, an unboosted adult in the United States has an extremely low risk of hospitalization. If you're immune, your risk of hospitalization is one in 26,000. And the average age of that one person is age 73. Everybody's got a different risk tolerance. We need to respect people who say, I'm okay getting a mild common cold. You know, I'm okay living with that that statistic. Dr. McCary uh, of Johns Hopkins University Medical School, folks, and uh, also he's an author. Check out his latest book. Um, Dr. McCary, on the transmissibility point, because this was used as the justification initially. I mean, they, they keep moving, the, the, the constant moving of the goalposts from the people I call Fauciites is dizzying, right? I mean, they, they everything changes every three months. You know, what do we have to do? How do we have to do it? How long does it go? But on transmissibility specifically, they told us that if you get the shot, you won't get it, you won't spread it. We know that's not true. We know that there are plenty of breakthrough infections. Do we have some sense of 
how, how, you know, the numbers stack up with that, meaning they were telling us, oh, well, you're so, so unlikely to get it and spread it in July and August if you're vaccinated. But now they're telling us all to get boosters. Clearly, they're doing that for a reason. How many, you know, how can we kind of gauge the risk of spread from the vaccinated versus the unvaccinated? So first of all, I do recommend a booster for someone over 65 that's not had COVID and is vulnerable. It does slightly reduce an already very low risk of hospitalization. Clay, Clay just so you know, Doc, Clay's parents and my parents are vaxxed and boostered, and they're over 65. So we we, we are solidly on that message. But go ahead. I'm glad. Now, in terms of transmissibility, your peak viral shedding, and this just came out in Lancet a few weeks ago, is the same in a vaccinated and unvaccinated person. So what we are seeing is vaccines are doing their job, downgrading the infection to a milder asymptomatic case. That's why you're seeing case numbers continue to to circulate and go up in the north where it's the viral season. These are mild common cold-like illnesses, with the exception of the small segment of the U.S., a very precise 10 to 20 million who are adults with no vaccine, no natural immunity, and they have a risk factor. Those, those are the people getting into trouble and still showing up and getting very sick. That's a whole different ballpark. That's a different group. We can't have society go on hold because they have chosen to make a, make a decision not to get vaccinated, a decision I would not advise for them. But we, you know, we have got the entire world economy on hold because of Omicron. We have four high-level virus labs called BSL-4 labs in the U.S. We spend a lot of money on these labs for so-called, in case we need them for bioterrorism, they could do the experiment overnight to tell us how well vaccines work against Omicron instead of this 10-day delay telling the public, we're on top of it, we're on this, we've got it taken care of, we're in close communication. Just do the experiment. It takes six hours. You could do it in the lab and answer all this uncertainty that's circulating. Well, I want to go back to one thing you said a moment ago to Buck, I believe, to one of his questions. When you said that there was a 1 in 26,000 chance and the average age was 73, that's if someone has gotten the COVID vaccine or if they've recovered from COVID, right? So for natural immunity or vaccinated immunity, you're talking about a 1 in 26,000 chance of hospitalization with the average age of 73 going forward? That's right. And that's just from vaccination. If you have natural immunity, it's probably even lower, but using other data from natural immunity. But that's pretty darn low. And that's that's right from the CDC's website of the weekly risk of hospitalization during the peak of Delta was one in 26,000 Americans who are fully vaccinated. I'm okay with that risk personally. And if we find out who that one person is, the only state who tells us is North Dakota. The average age was 73. It probably also had special medical circumstances. What does that tell you? You can feel good about your immunity right now in the United States if you're fully vaccinated or have natural immunity. I mean, can I just ask you, Doc, before we let you go, we're speaking to Dr. Marty McCary here. Uh, What de Blasio is saying, which is mandatory shots for kids 5 to 11 and mandatory boosters for already for the vaccinated, even, you know, across all age groups. Are there any doctors who are going to speak out against this, you think? Is, is anyone going to just finally, other than you and some, say that this is not science-based, this is fear-based? We're trying. You know, the problem is it's hard to compete with Dr. Fauci. He has so much tremendous influence. He gets platformed by all the media. 
He's never talked about natural immunity, never talked about fluvoxamine, which is an amazing drug that's already out that reduces COVID mortality significantly. It's hard. So we're trying. But let me be very clear. There will be unintended harm to young people who who are vaccinated and already had the infection because we're introducing the risk of myocarditis into a system that's already immune. By the way, a study just came out of Germany. Number of kids in total who have died of COVID who were healthy, zero in that entire country, age 5 to 17. So we've got to put things in perspective. We've lost our minds with COVID policy. Imagine a White House briefing. Every year we get the seasonal flu variant that comes in. Oh, we have a case in San Francisco of the new influenza strain that just landed. You know, we would never have a White House briefing for that. Um, I think we're going to be in a good place. I think we're in a good place. I think people should feel good about their immunity. And I think we should move away from mandates so we can encourage people to be immune positively rather than using the excessive reach that they're going to retaliate against and it's going to harden them. Dr. Marty McCary, professor at Johns Hopkins uh, University Medical School, author of The Price We Pay, What Broke American Healthcare. Um, Doctor, we really appreciate you being with us. Thanks for uh, giving us your expertise here on the air. Good to be with you guys. Long before, excuse me, long before any news report told you inflation was happening, you felt it. Car prices up, gasoline prices way up, rising costs of so many items in the supermarket. Some people feel the pinch more than others, but everyone agrees the dollar's not going to be growing in value, but shrinking. That's not good if you're trying to protect the value of your savings account, let alone your IRA. Gold emerges as the best protection in all of this. Buying and holding gold as a portion of your savings plan is the best thing you can do for yourself. I did it earlier this year with Oxford Gold Group. Not only did I buy gold, but I asked them to ship it to my home. That's a first-of-a-kind experience for me. Our partners at the Oxford Gold Group have precious metals that can be delivered to your home. If you think buying real gold is complicated, the team at Oxford Gold Group will explain everything to you. Having real gold delivered to your home or having real gold as part of your IRA is just a phone call away with Oxford Gold. Call them at 833-404-GOLD and learn how you can have real gold in your IRA and delivered to your door. That's the Oxford Gold Group at 833-404-GOLD, 833-404-G-O-L-D. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like I want to confront anything in my life that feels 
challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 